So we celebrate today World Mission Sunday. And this was instituted by Pope Pius XI in 1927, was the first time we had it. And the idea is to take a collection up in order to help support the missions, those who are going out and sharing the good news, sharing the faith all over the world in places where they still need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. When we think about mission in general, oftentimes it includes a particular task and going out and doing something. But what does the doing come from? How do we know what we're supposed to do? If we're going to have a mission, if we're going to try to accomplish something, what tells us what our mission is? Where does that come from? It comes from our identity. It comes from who we are. And so, from identity, from who we are, from our being, comes our doing. But how do we identify ourselves? Where does that identity come from? Well, if we think about when we're introducing ourselves to other people, oftentimes we say, oh, I'm so-and-so's husband, or I'm so-and-so's father, or I'm so-and-so's son. It's relational. Our identity should be coming from our relationships. And our primary identity should come from our primary relationship. And according to the, the greatest commandment, as well as the first commandment of the ten, that primary relationship is our relationship with God. Who are we in relationship with God? We get our answer in our gospel passage. Or at least it points to this. The Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus, but he's not going to fall for their trap. When they try to get him to say that he either needs to support the census tax and lose his popularity with the Jewish people, or deny paying the census tax and then risk getting in trouble with the Roman Empire. Jesus doesn't do either of those things. Instead, he asks them to show a coin that pays the census tax. And he asks, whose image is this? And they say, Caesar's. This is an important point. Because Jesus is saying, if it's Caesar's image, then it belongs to him. And you give it back to him. But recall what we heard. What he says. He says to give to God what belongs to God. Well, what does belong to God? What belongs to God is that which bears his image. And what bears his image? We do. We have the image of God. We are made in the image of God. If we go back to Genesis, when we hear about Adam and Eve and how they are created, they are created in the image and likeness of God. St. Thomas Aquinas would tell us that the likeness, the being like God, was lost at the original sin. That this particular gift that God had given was gone because they chose to reject it. But God wouldn't let us go without being able to give us an opportunity to get it back. And his plan to offer it back was through the passion, death, and resurrection of Christ and the grace won on the cross being applied to us in the sacrament of baptism. That's how we become like God again. That's how we receive the grace that we can go to heaven in a guaranteed way. 
And so if we have this image of God, then we belong to God, and we are told to give to God what belongs to God. We are to give ourselves. We are in his image, and those of us who are baptized are in his likeness, and we are to give ourselves back to God. And God the Son gives himself perfectly and completely to us at every Mass in the Eucharist. And so we are to give of ourselves back. And in baptism, when we receive this likeness, we become adopted children of God. This relationship that we have with God determines then our primary identity. We are beloved children of God. How often do we think of ourselves that way? How often do we recognize this identity that we've received from this special relationship with God? I mean, you can think about your own children or you can think about your own relationship with your parents. And that affects what you do, doesn't it not? Because of who you are, because of that relationship. And likewise with God. Our relationship with God tells us that our identity is beloved children of God. And we should live out that identity, which tells us what we should be doing. It reveals to us our mission, our mission to live out the faith, our mission to share it with other people, our mission to be good children of our Heavenly Father. And we can do this in different ways. We can obviously strengthen our relationship with the sacraments. Baptism brings us into this relationship, but all of the sacraments strengthens and reinforces this grace that we've received. The image that was distorted because of sin through the sacraments is being healed and restored. The likeness that is given to us at baptism is strengthened as we grow in holiness and virtue, as we receive more of the sacraments worthily and well. We become the best version of ourselves. We become more like God. And we also do this, not only through the sacraments, but also in our prayer. And the greatest prayer that God has given us is the Mass. This is a prayer that Christ himself had. A prayer of self-offering, which is what we're told to do in our gospel. Give to God what belongs to God. We bear his image. We are to give ourselves to God. In union with Christ, who gives himself in the Eucharist, we offer ourselves to the Heavenly Father. But throughout the Mass, in addition to all of the communal prayers, the things that we say together, there's brief pauses, moments of silence. And those times are times for us to pray individually. It's not that suddenly Father forgot what comes next. No, it's for us to pray individually. It's for us to to talk to God about what's going on in our own lives. At the beginning of Mass, when I say, let us pray, I'm not just waiting for the server to bring me the book. That's the opportunity for all of us to talk to God. We have that brief moment to share with him whatever's going on in our minds and in our hearts. We have that brief moment to talk to the Lord. Oftentimes at that moment during the Mass, I'm asking the Lord to bless all the people who are entrusted to my care, the people who have come to this Mass, If I haven't prepared very well for my homily, I might say, Lord, help me have a good homily. But that's a moment for us to pray, a moment for us to individually talk to God. There are different moments throughout the Mass where we have this opportunity. Another one is during the Eucharistic prayer. Eucharistic prayer one has two pauses in it. 
The first one is where we can tell God what we are offering our Mass for. All the people we want to remind God to take care of as we're preparing for what's going to happen at the altar. All the people who are alive, who we want to share with God, remembering them at the altar, holding them up in prayer. And so I have my own short little list. And when I say, remember your servants, and we have that pause afterwards, that's when I'm going through my list of people that I'm holding up to God, sharing with him. And then later, after the consecration, there's another pause. And that second pause is for those who have gone before us, those who have died. And again, during that pause, I have my own little list, and I'm working through my list, sharing with God all the deceased that I, that I want him to bless and to help enter into heaven if they're not yet there. And that's an opportunity for all of you to do likewise, to share with God the deceased members of your family and friends, holding them up in prayer that they may soon enter into heaven. And so we have these opportunities throughout Mass to pray personally and individually, in addition to the communal prayers that we're praying. One of the best times at Mass to have your own personal and individual prayer is immediately after you receive our Lord in Holy Communion. Because God is truly present in the Eucharist, we cannot get physically closer to the Lord than having him inside of us. What a great opportunity to talk to him to share with him whatever's going on in our lives. In that moment, immediately after we receive him in Holy Communion, to enter deeply into conversation with God, not just speaking to him, but also trying to listen. Whatever it is he may want to share with us. That is a great opportunity. And there are some of us who, as part of their mission, in order to try to help the community, serve as extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion. They are giving up this time of prayer and reflection, their personal time of prayer, in order to distribute Holy Communion to the rest of the community. A small sacrifice out of love for the rest of us, so that we can have time to spend with Jesus after Holy Communion, sharing with him whatever's on our minds and on our hearts. For extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion, the Archdiocese has recently revised their guidelines and so we had training, and those who have been trained this week by me will have the opportunity, those who are present here, to then be commissioned by the church, receive a special blessing from the church for that ministry. And so shortly after I finish my homily, we'll have the right of commissioning for extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion who've gone through the training this week. And I'll give instructions on how that will work. Um, after the homily. But all of the sacraments, including Holy Communion, is a way for us to strengthen our relationship with the Lord, to accept more fully our identity as beloved children of God, and to guide us as to what we should be doing with our lives, what our mission is, which of course includes sharing the faith with others. It becomes easier to do that when we're grounded in that relationship, when we're solid in that identity that God has given us. So let us take this next moment of silence to prepare ourselves to reflect on our relationship with God, our identity as his beloved children, and at what he asks of us to do with our lives as we prepare to meet him in the Most Holy Eucharist.